I heard Alex explain the rules before. Are these rules? So don't break any of them. No. So is this no, no swearing? No, no. Everyone else is about swearing. Swear. Fucking now you get to the good shit. Yeah. Welcome to Maker and Creator, the podcast about creativity and culture and how it affects us. My name is Jai Smith and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Alex Adams. Hello, Jai. We're sharing a microphone. We should just call it out right now. We're getting very close on our microphone. So what's been really interesting um, is that I've been hearing people like literally come back to the country saying, oh my God, I've been listening to your podcast. And I'm like, oh, really? And then I'm like, okay, why are you listening to it? Like, oh, because I knew such and such who did such and such. Oh. And Wait, what do you mean they came back to the country? Were they not in the country when they heard this? Yeah, like it was like they were... Are you talking about like one person now? No, no, I'm talking about like six people. Like they oh. were like, oh, this was the way we came back to understanding Australian uh, culture. I'm like, uh, oh, the culture bit hit. And I actually thought that would never hit. I'm like, oh, okay, like. I thought I was saying it because of culture. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, they're understanding that is, oh, that's how creativity impacts Australian culture. Australian culture. Yeah, it was See, really interesting. I always thought we were talking about culture in general, like the world culture, but that's really dumb, right? I guess it is Australian culture because we're interviewing Aussies in Australia. Yeah, but it was more like the impact of, like I, I was genuinely surprised. Like I was like, mm. oh, yeah, like same, like, oh, okay, it's fine. I think a lot of the, the common threads that we've talked about has been, um, you know, like the impact. Obviously, we're based in Sydney, so we have talked about like Sydney nightlife yeah. and the impact that certain, you know, music or different cultures have had on Sydney, Melbourne is what we're focused on a lot. Um, so, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Interesting. But it's interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, dear listeners, the reason why we're sharing a microphone <laughs> is because we have two people on the podcast uh, this evening. We've got um, Ben Matthews, who is a director, screenwriter, actor and acting coach. Some of his career highlights have included directing, co-writing and co-producing Deadbeat Dads, which was a, yeah. ah, yes, yeah. you remember, which is a one hour television drama pilot for MTV Australia. Um, he also was the winner of uh, an MTV Optus 180 project in 2012 for the judges Choice, public vote, and best student entry. He's an acting coach at NIDA and Screenwise. Um, I'm going to get him to tell you a little bit He's more about He's being so humble just, about it, yeah. too. I'm just watching him like shrink, but it's he, good. You know, it's nice. Little bragging rights. Um, and then we also have Charlotte Chimes, who is a successful Australian actress. Most recently, she was in a play called We Are the Himalayas by Brave New World Theatre Company. One critic wrote, I love this, one critic wrote about her <laughs> performance. We watch the exquisite performance of Charlotte Chimes as Anna Lorena and feel a corresponding vibration in our soul. Wow. Like, hello. You Damn. touched their soul in a deep way. But wait, why are they, why are they here together, Alex? <laughs> okay, well, anyway, Charlotte has also... No, Charlotte sorry, also sorry. has a couple of side hustles. Um, She has like a silk pyjama business. She also started a designer scrunchie business called She Bangs, which are really cool. And, but anyway, Ben and Charlotte were both performing side by side recently in the play We Are the Himalayas, but they're also off-screen partners. No. Please welcome to the show the most creative couple I know, Ben and Charlotte. Thanks, Al. Hi. Thanks, Jai. Thanks so much for having us. Excited to be here. So wait, just to jump ahead, because I know Alex has written questions. We've said that before on the show. Why is it called She Bangs? She Bangs, She Bangs, because it's all about 
bangs as in like your hair and the song. Oh, baby, she moves. She moves. <laughs> oh, perfectly summed up. Thank you. Know, you. I'm, I'm now satisfied. That was the answer. name. And it was actually, to be honest, it was like maybe out the sixth name we liked, but it was the only available Instagram What was handle. the first five? I can't remember anymore. Um, <laughs> Wait, they got it'll shebangs. come back to me. It's <laughs> shebangs. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I like that name. Yeah. Oh, that one's good. Um, how did I go about describing what you guys do? I mean, is that how you... What do we get you to describe yeah. what each other does? Tell so, your own story. Oh, oh, own story or each other's? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, better, yeah. better, better, better. Okay. Better. okay. So, okay. I'll start. <laughs> How would you describe what Ben does? I think you were pretty spot on. Um, ben is a writer, director. He's done some producing. He's an acting coach and an actor. Ben studied acting in New South Wales at university. In New South Wales. In Sydney. He studied acting in Sydney and then he went over with the original group. A lot of people call it the original group. Who went on the original group. But yes. But people say that. It was like with Rose Byrne. He went and studied in New York at the Theatre of Atlantic Atlantic for a summer school and then decided that that's what he wanted to do. So we went back over and did the three-year program in New York. Actually, t- I love it. I love it. I love it. Like the small, the small like, no, it, Let's it get, was this. Keep yeah. going, Shark. Keep going. going. Keep correcting her. Then he came back and he had a really successful run doing a few shows for Sydney Theatre Company in Sydney. He did a show in Melbourne called Men where he danced to which Backstreet Boy song again? If you don't know this Because whenever the Backstreet Boy comes on. Yeah, you are. What's the song? Yeah. Uh, larger than life. Larger than life. Because whenever Larger Than Life comes on, Ben always does the dance Sing a he little did bit of larger than life. in his, the show in Melbourne. Oh, Sing a little bit of like, people, can't you see? Can't, can't you see? see? That one. That one. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I anyway. would have continued, but I don't want to do it solo. <laughs> um, and then he went to LA. He signed. He met a dream psychotherapist on Plane? Yep. Wait, on did a plane. you mean a dream psychotherapist or a dream yeah. psychotherapist? A dream psychotherapist. Someone, so someone who psychoanalyzes a dream. Yes. Not a psychoanalyst you dream about. No, yeah. no. someone who analyzes your dreams, psychoanalyzes yeah. your dreams. It's just one of those typical LA stories. And he was like, Ben was looking for a really good, he was looking for rep at the time in LA. And the guy was like, oh, I know someone. Why don't I put you in touch? Turns out he works at... Management, Management 360. Management 360 and he, Gabe, Gabe reps people like Margot Robbie to give you an idea. Oh. Anyway, Ben went in, had a meeting with them and – Is Margot Robbie outside right now? Wait, no. Oh, yeah. she's picking us up later, oh, yeah. yeah. If you're lucky, I'll let you meet they're her. The people that they roll with. Um, and he signed with Gabe and then the writer's strike hit in LA. So things kind of got really quiet in LA. Decided this is when the worst 007 movie was ever written. <laughs> yeah, which one? What, what was it called? A Quantum of Souls. Oh, yeah, terrible. <laughs> I mean, maybe. like. No, let's go. I mean, the next 007 movie I think arguably is going to be the best ever. Do you know why? Because. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is oh the God, head writer. Do you know about Phoebe Waller-Bridge? No. Let's talk about her in a moment. Okay. So then he came back to Sydney. He decided he went through a terrible breakup and decided he was going to come back and go to afters to film school. He got in and he made more money winning all the awards <laughs> at afters than it actually cost going there, which is amazing. And his short film that he made at afters, Emily, premiered at Cannes, um... And it won like – it was nominated for a student Oscar, the only Australian film nominated for a student Oscar, and it won it won how many awards? A lot. 
It won like 20 awards. Was it like 20? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Not at Cannes. Not at Cannes. It premiered at Cannes. But around the world. Anyway, then that kind of cemented him in like he was going to do writing and directing as well as acting. And that kind of became the next few years. He focused on writing and directing. And then short story, We Meet... He then started his own very successful acting school, Acting Mastery, while still teaching at places like Screenwise and NIDA, et cetera. And now, about a year ago, he's gotten back into acting. And, yes, we did just do the play together, We Are the Himalayas, where we played husband and wife. Oh, my God. Well done. That was – wow. Was that all right? Ben, holy shit. If you don't do half as well as that, like, I'm sorry. There's the door. I will will give you one reprieve. One one man to another. <laughs> Along that journey, when did you guys hook up? We I had been in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, honey. Do you want me? To- <laughs> okay. Do you want to say the story? Well, um, Charlotte had recently because this kind of goes into a bit of your biography too. Charlotte had recently moved to Sydney from Brisbane, and prior to that, Charlotte's originally from Toowoomba. Um, T-bar. and big T. Uh, and she had recently, she, you'd just done the Chappelle Corby um, telly movie. Yep. And Wait, <sighs> what? I didn't know this. Were yeah. you Chappelle? No, I played, I played her best friend who travelled with her to <gasps> Bali and was with her when she got caught. And the funny thing is the best friend's name is Katrina and my mum's Katrina and like six months before I got the role, mum and I just went to Bali. It was just one of those like... Weird things. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, so you did that. Yeah. And then wait, she, wait, wait. she came to Sydney and she um was she went out to dinner one night with Denise Roberts, who played Chappelle was Corby's drink. mum. Oh, drink. There you go. And um Thanks, honey. And <laughs> Denise Denise um Denise played Chappelle Corby's mum in the in the telly movie and she also happens to be the um the owner, the CEO of Screenwise. Oh. And Denise suggested, because um, Shara, I think, was thinking about taking an acting class, and she said, oh, why don't you do Ben's class? You'll love Ben. And <laughs> um, and so she did. She came and took a little six-week course that I was teaching there. I just want to add something to this. I remember in the first week thinking, oh, wow, this guy is so great and I really like him. And he'd mentioned he had a girlfriend, so he had a girlfriend at the time. So it didn't even cross my mind, oh, this guy's so great, I want to bone him. It was more like, you're really great. But I kept thinking – he kept pushing up his leather jacket sleeves like this <laughs> just to show his just to show his forearms and I just kept thinking to myself that's not going to cool you down buddy if you're hot you should take your jacket off not yeah but not, I not looked just show, cool you know wait forearms look really uh, cool undervalue the uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so um and so a, a couple of weeks into the course um, I was leaving for the night and um, Denise was talking to Charlotte and she said to Charlotte, how are you getting home? And Charlotte said, oh, I'm walking because at the time she was living in Redfern. Sorry, Fern. Sorry, Fern. Oh. And um, and she said, oh, you can't walk alone at this time of night. Ben, walk Charlotte home. And I was kind of like. I died. I was mortified. And Ben is a juggernaut of a man re- ready oh to fend off. Mm. <laughs> Clearly I am. Clearly. <laughs> but I was like, you want me to walk a student home? I, okay. All right. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I thought, you know, I thought Charlotte was, was beautiful and. And you said cute, cute and attractive, and um, but but you know, but there's often um, 
There's often pretty girls in cl- acting classes, so I don't really think anything. <laughs> How many? How many pretty girls in acting class? <laughs> um, but but that was the thing. I'd never like I I didn't really kind of think about that. So nor were you again. I walked her home, and we started talking, and we ended up chatting on the side of the road for about two hours that mm. first night. And I was, and then during that course, I was going through a breakup. Um, mm. And the next week I offered to – no, I didn't even offer. We I just started walking Charlotte home again. Aww. And then that time I suggested maybe we should go get a drink. Well, before that you said something along the lines of like how you were recently single and I was doing that whole from the holiday, you know, the moment when Jack Black says to Kate Winslet, if I stay for New Year's Eve, will you be my date? And oh. he's like doing the whole like fist pump to the air. So I was doing that but I was also like – are you okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The classic girl fame. Totally. Oh, yeah. you're right about her breaking your heart. Yeah. And that was five and a half years ago. Yeah. Oh, you guys. I know. Mm. Anyway, now so, you're on the spot. Okay. So Charlotte, um, she, as I said, she'd done the Chappelle Corby film. She did the um, Chasing Malat. Was Catching. that what it was called? Catching Malat. Oh, um, great. I love that. About Ivan Milat. About Ivan Milat. It was scary. Oh, we're chasing Milat. That's the title. That's. I know. Unusual. Well, yeah. just so everyone uh, knows. While we were not long into dating, we put down Sharp put down a self tape for the film Paper Towns. That um, eventually the lead role went to Car- Cara Delevingne, but Charlotte got shortlisted for that role off of that audition, and off the back of that, she signed with a big management company in Los Angeles called Authentic. And um, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was very exciting. Um, and uh, and since then, um, Shah has been working very hard. She got very close to a project, like ridiculously close to a, a big American project last year, like heartbreakingly close. Heartbreakingly um, close. She was on hold for, for the entire, <laughs> the for entire basically the year. entire year. Um, it was a year. And when her manager, we only recently found out, her manager went to visit the set recently after she didn't get it and met with the um, the, the showrunner, the head writer-producer on the show, um, who actually said to her, oh, my gosh, Charlotte was actually my pick. But uh, there was – One a, of the producers at the, network, at the network who are the money decided they didn't want me for the part, which was really hard to swallow. Yeah. But – that's but yeah but, but that's I mean, it business. was amazing yeah and that's that's kind of the nature of the game but um, in addition to that Shah is a producer at the moment at Verizon Media um, she's also oh. been working at Finch which is a yeah, really great yeah, production right. company Finch, around the corner yep and um, and uh, and then on the side she's got all these other little hustles like she bangs. <laughs> um, she bangs, she bangs. She's an absolute natural producer and an amazing, very talented. What makes actor. me a natural producer? You are very organized and efficient, and lots of the things that I'm not. <laughs> I often say that I produce our lives. <laughs> are you not? She's good uh, at that. Are you not a uh, organized person? I'm not. Organized. I am, but not in the way that Charlotte is. Charlotte's like. Charlotte's very. Charlotte scares um, me from over here. But, <laughs> <laughs> but also, creatives aren't super organized. Is that a sweeping stereotype? I don't know. I think I just have different. Like we just have certain different strengths. Yeah, I think seem, we really complement each other in that way. 
Yeah, but you seem organized as a creative because that's that's what kind of where I was leading with that. I am, and you have. I mean, I think you have to be, um, especially when you're a lot more than you used to be in terms of punctuation, uh, punctuality, and time management. (laughs) Not punctuation. He's gotten much better. You used Actually, to, I've known Benny for many, many years, and you used that. to lie to him if, like, we were meeting at seven. You'd say, <laughs> "Yeah, Benny, get there at six thirty. You had to say, "Like, we used to and lie he'd to still me. be late. No, we would lie and be like, "Oh, make sure you get there at six thirty." Wait, knowing you used the, to lie to me? Yes, yes, it all comes out now. And Liv too. <laughs> our other friend right. I used to live to lie to her as well, and be like half an hour, and then he would like often get there half an hour. Mm-hmm. After, so if it was like we were meeting at seven, I'd say six thirty, and then he'd get there at seven thirty. You know what? I'm not I'm not <laughs> bad at that anymore. Am You're I? so good now. Good no, yeah. seriously, you are Maybe on Obama time. Though. Does you seem organized. I'm pretty organized, and I am actually. I mean, because I can't be late to classes or you no. know to set or anything like that. So I'm actually pretty punctual about things. But I do sometimes get lost in my own little creative bubble. I think, especially when I'm writing. Because I think that's where Alex and I really want to explore this. So Alex and I have known each other for so long and we we agree on so much. Mm. Mm. There are moments when I look at Alex and I'm like, Alex. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Is that yeah. right? What oh, do you think? Like when? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be specific. Like this moment right now? This isn't about us. This is about Ben and Charlotte. So mm. how what are you going to relate but I think the the most interesting relationship we're exploring at the moment is that as as people who need to organize other people, right? Mm. So Alex and I constantly need to say, okay, well, our business relies on these two other people. Mm. But you guys as a couple obviously complement each other and you're very comfortable with each other in terms of that artistic point of view. Yeah. Was that a natural thing or was that something you needed to learn? I think it was fairly natural. We have a lot of similar interests and I think also um, I, I, a couple of girlfriends ago I dated someone that wasn't in the industry and um, and at first I thought that would be a good thing to kind of have someone who, you know, wasn't sort of um, – who had a kind of a normal job. And it ah. – it, was for a, a minute and then I think what happened was I got r- super busy making a TV show and <laughs> my schedule and her schedule just did not align at all and I think it it definitely makes a big difference dating mm. someone who really kind of gets what you do and um, and is okay with the fact that you know our schedules can be quite all over the place like some weeks, you know, you're you're kind of working all the time, or you might be working late at night, and then other times well, like you've got completely different times. Some weeks I'll be going when Ben's asleep, and I'll be asleep when Ben gets home. So there yeah. are some weeks where we literally are ships in the night. See you in six weeks' time. Let's lock in that day. It's not quite six yeah. weeks, but there I'm are exaggerating. Yeah, but, but like there are periods. You find those that pockets that of time. Explaining you about how long this is, but you find those pockets of time though. Like and and we. Um, you know, and so suddenly you might actually then have like your, you know, your days free during the week or something yeah. like that um, in which to spend time together. So, like even today, today was a, today was like not a day off for either of us, but it was still kind of like a working from home. So we worked from home at the kitchen table together most of the day. And that's kind of like, sure, that's not quality time seeing each other, but, it was you know, we together. can, it's time together and we can bounce ideas off each other and, it's being really able nice. to, yeah, it is being able to do that, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. 
One of the reasons why I wanted to have you both on the show at the same time, because I mean, we could have done separate interviews and episodes around both of you and what you do. But I, I was really interested about what happens when you have two creatives in a relationship. Mm. And and that's not to say that other people in a relationship, you know, everyone is creative in totally. their own way. Um, but, you know, like, for instance, having my partner recently, he's sporty, like he's a freak when it comes mm. to really? sport. Yeah, I've just, oh, just never, a little. I, I, I've never noticed that. <laughs> he's, he's an athlete. So, um, you know, and I always think, oh, I'm the creative one. <laughs> I'm the creative <laughs> and you're the athlete. But then recently he um, started a coaching business for, um, you know, he does triathlons and he started a coaching business. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to start this business. And then literally within like a week or two, I came back, he had registered did a company, he had designed a logo, he had like 10 clients, had merchandise, he'd built a website. And in how long? In like two weeks. Wow. Wait, Charlie impressive. Built a Charlie built a website. Like, That's yeah. really impressive. He built a website, he did a logo, he designed a logo. He's, I know. And it's actually really good. And I was just like, <laughs> hang on. I was like, hang on a minute. Like, I'm the efficient creative in the relationship and all of a sudden you are. And so I was like, impressive. okay, well, I was really impressed. Yeah. And, you know, a bit gobstack because I was like, wow. But And then, get this, guys, he also added a blog to the website. Damn. And he blogged about um, Kona and, like, the holy grail of going to wow. Kona and doing triathlon. And he was actually a really good writer as well. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. Now you're getting into my territory. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa. Like, I was just blown away. So I was like, hmm. We are both creatives in the relationship now. Right. So it's kind of an interesting little like um, dynamic. Dynamic. But uh-huh. with you guys, both of you are like one, what I would describe as 100% creatives. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so how does that dynamic, do you ever get competitive in the relationship or is it ever like, hang on, this is my um, persona? In the, like, do you adopt different personas at different times? Like, how does that work? I don't think so. I mean, I think we've been pretty good about negotiating that kind of thing. We, um, you know, because we do both act. There have been, I think Charlotte's been probably doing more of the auditioning than I have for a while because it just wasn't my priority. Um, and and I'll h- help her with her auditions a lot. Um, but that's never really been, that's never been an issue, I don't think. No, I think we're both mostly... Super, like I both want each other to succeed, and in a way, if I were to succeed, Ben would be coming along for the ride, and vice versa. It's kind of like we're in this together. I mean, we both we both have huge dreams, and we're both supporting each other to achieve them. But if one were to take off before the other, it's kind of I don't know. I don't think it'd be an issue. No, and I I mean I think in some ways too there are. There are um, like there are shared goals and then there are separate goals and there are like some shared projects. Like at the moment, there's a few things that we're working on together. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, yeah. On that point, I think for a little while there, there was it was only separate goals, and I was like, no, we have to have shared goals in terms of really? what are we working on together because yeah. I don't want to work just with anyone. I want to work with you. So what are we going to do really? together? Totally. Yeah. Well, I think I'd, but I, and I'd come out of, you know, uh, like several years of a lot of momentum behind certain projects, which had begun before I'd met Charlotte. So I think I was still very much focused on those goals. Um, and then, but it's been nice to kind of begin to create a few projects that we want to do 
together. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, two questions for you, Alex. Yeah. I never get it. It's difficult. I'll share the microphone. Did, when you started realizing that your partner was doing things that you felt were kind of your domain, and this is totally understandable because I felt this is like, uh -huh. well, no, that's my thing. <laughs> was there ever a tinge, and I, and I genuinely mean a tinge, I don't mean that to draw out something else. Was there ever a tinge of like, oh, well, that was my identity? Um, Great question. No, I definitely not. I was, if anything, I was kind of, I was super impressed. And right? yeah, yeah. yeah, I was very impressed and was like, wow. And um, no, I think a little bit more like, and whether this is a male, female thing, I think women like to um, collaborate and mm. I immediately went into like team mode. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh my God, wow, you're into my space. Like, how can I help? Do you need an editor? Can I do anything to assist you? And, oh, maybe you could help me with this. And it was like, how do we collaborate? Uh, whereas I, I don't know, maybe guys might have felt typically like typically, you know, um, Jai and Ben, are, you know, I've known you for a long time. Both of you aren't your typical male, but some males, um, may have been threatened if it was the other way round, like, Hey, you know, wifey, you're getting into my zone. Whereas I was like, how can I collaborate and make us a, a better team? I, yeah. so I get you. That is a, that is a perfect segue. <laughs> and we've actually never spoken about that, which is weird. So, so that's what I thought, like, definitely what I've always seen with you guys. I think with the partner dynamic, what I've always tried to be better at generally is so, like, when you see your partner doing something you understand, sometimes there's this, uh, for me anyway, when I come home, there's, like, this thing happened and it's shit. And then someone in their Best of nature is like, well, you know, it's not that shit. Mm -hmm. This person pr probably trying to do this with you. And sometimes you just look at them like, I'm just a little angry. And I just want <laughs> you to you. say, yeah, that sucks. And yeah. And yeah, right. the buffalo dance. Fuck me. I hear that <laughs> one more time. I don't know what that is. You don't want to know. It's the buffalo dance. It was something it's that something. my my. <laughs> I'm really sad. This is an audio medium right now because I want to share Can whatever's about it? to happen. No, it's all good. my my um one of my I I was lucky enough to work with a um a playwright named David Mamet, who's a, an amazing um, American writer. But he used to say something to us about the buffalo dance, which was that <laughs> <laughs> it was basically this. He'd say um, that like Native Americans um, would do this buffalo dance in order to make the buffalo come uh, so that they <laughs> – We'd have food to eat. Come towards you. That's right. Just, Come towards yeah. you. In order to, <laughs> my mind like went to gutter as well. I can no, see no, no. it. <laughs> I was like, is this a sexual thing? Well, Not that kind of coming. coming. <laughs> More <laughs> like, 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 like making it rain kind of thing. <laughs> Trying to make the, oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> Not like that. Get your minds out of the gutter. Um, in order for the buffalo to show up, let's put it that way. Um, and he'd say if the, and so what do you do if the buffalo don't show up? Well, you do the buffalo dance. And, um, and then one day the buffalo show up, which means the dance worked. And then maybe the next day the buffalo don't, don't arrive again. So what do you do? The you do the buffalo dance. dance. In other words, you just keep doing the work. You just keep kind of focusing on the process. And if you focus on the uh. process, the results will come. Does that make sense? Mm. 
Yeah, it does. Like, I think. I like that. You I don't think, like that, Shah? I don't know. I Because I totally, I just feel like sometimes when I'm in those moments of like, yeah. oh, my God, this sucks. Like, I just want him to be like, yeah, this sucks rather than. Do the buffalo the dance. Buffalo. <laughs> So the that, buffalo dance. Like, I'm doing the fucking work. We've had to, totally. I think something we've had to kind of negotiate in a way is Charlotte's very extroverted naturally. Fully. I'm like full, like on the Myers Briggs, I'm 100% extrovert. <laughs> Whereas Five. I'm like actually right on the borderline the between extrovert and introvert. And like in my work, I like when I'm when I'm teaching a class or I'm on set or something like that, then I can You're be very extrovert? extroverted. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, but then I need that time to myself to kind of regroup. Fill the well. And yeah, fill the well. Like, in order, if I'm going to be drawing, um, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to kind of be drawing from my creativity, I need to kind of refill my well so that I have something to draw from when I am being creative. And that I tend to do more on my own. So just kind of negotiating that. Cause I think Charlotte recharges around other people. Whereas well, not, I read, not charge. just people, people yeah. who I, you know, that you love and love. trust, and mm. whereas I tend to recharge on my own. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm a yeah. bit like you. I recharge around other people. I'm like a puppy dog. Like, do let you? me play. Do you, Alex? Do you, Alex? But you actually, you as I get older, so yeah. as I get older, I like when I was 25 to six, it was like I needed to be here. Uh, that's how I got Same. my recharge was around people. I would be interested to have this chat with you in 10 years' 10 time years and time. see whether things have changed. Like last night, I was home alone Wednesday night and then last night I was home alone again so I went to bed at 8.30 because I was lonely and bored. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, why the fuck didn't I make plans? Yeah, I was. <laughs> What's wrong with past Charlotte? Exactly. Past Charlotte knows not to have two nights at home in a row. Like she knows that. So. <laughs> Whereas that sounds like a dream to me. Yeah, it's Ben's <laughs> heaven when I go away. Well, I tell you, That's I mean, great. writing is, you know, because I, I do a lot of writing and I've written a lot with other people and then I've also <coughs> had to write on my own. And, you know, writing on your own can be really hard sometimes. Like, you 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 know, it's so helpful having that other person to bounce off. Whereas when you're on your own, you you kind of sometimes can get kind of stuck up in your head overthinking things. But I must say... It also depends though, like I am working on a project on a feature film at the moment and uh, it's just me on it, but I, maybe because it's based on, an, on, a, um, on a true story, I'm having an easier time right now and it's kind of maybe the first project in a little while that I felt very, um, I'm really excited by the story so I don't mind spending that time on my own to kind of figure it out. But when I'm having to kind of create something from scratch, I definitely prefer having a couple of other, you know, heads in the room to brainstorm with. Do you think knowing that at the end of the day I will be there and you can always riff the ideas on the feature with me, knowing that I'm always there? It definitely helps, yeah, definitely. I've got a couple of questions that I want to try and quickly get through. So questions I wanted to know was – in acting and auditioning, there is so much vulnerability mm. in that. How do you deal with how do you deal with putting yourself out there? I mean, Char, like I know you go for so many auditions and obviously yeah. there was that big one last year and you had yeah. that rejection. Like, how do you deal with rejection and and constantly putting yourself out there to be vulnerable again? Uh with rejection, I've definitely gotten better over the years with it. 
And I, I kind of, because I, you know, working in the industry as well as a producer, I know a lot of the time it comes down to type. Mm. That, that I know I'm talented and I know I do a good job because I work really hard to make sure I do that. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the day, maybe I'm not the type that they're looking for and that's, that's, I can't do anything about that. That's not on me. Because um, it is so subjective. It's acting. so yeah. subjective. Well, yeah. it's like, like Ben was saying about Pussy Valley. It was honestly everyone in my life who I knew who watched, you know, my auditions for that. And even Katori Hall, who's an award-winning playwright, I, I know now that I was her pick, which is so wonderful to know. But at the end of the day, there was one project, one producer who is the money who decided, no, that's not who he thought. Yeah. Not, not who he envisi- envisioned who the character mm-hmm. would be. Um, where most of the time I feel like, you know, because I, I do, I audition a lot and most of the time you do the audition and you kind of forget about it. Because mm-hmm. also a lot of the time, you know, let's say out of 100% of scripts that I get sent, 70% of them I'll think are okay mm-hmm. and there'll be 30% that I think are good. There'll be 10% I think are exceptional and in that 10% there's maybe 1% that I think, oh, wow, I'm fucking right for this. Like I know I'm right for this mm-hmm. and I'm going to do everything. It's those ones that – That hurt the most that if hurt you don't the get most. it. Yeah. They really do like Pussy Valley or like I've got a really big audition coming up this weekend which, you know, again, I think I'm so right for the type. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of – making sure I do. It's also that whole thing of, you know, I will take care of what I can control, which mm-hmm. is doing a good job. Showing up, being nice and doing a good job. Yeah. The rest I can't control. Um, so I've definitely gotten better over the years with rejection. What was the other part to that? Oh, vulnerability. vulnerability, yeah. I just think I'm a, I just really am one of those like hard on your sleeve kind of people. I'm really open. And I think, I don't know, I think a lot of people would cope better in life if they were a bit more vulnerable in their day-to-day life, not even if they're, you know, actors or mm. in the artistic realm. I mean, for actors, vulnerability is the job. You know, mm. that's it, exactly you literally it. have to be okay with being vulnerable in a very public way mm. all the time. So yeah. I, I always say to students, you know, I think the Brené Brown TED Talk on the power of vulnerability is – Awesome, because that is quite literally your power as yeah, an actor is in your vulnerability. And I'll often say to actors, you know, um, well, that that's right. There is no opportunity for bravery unless you are vulnerable. in your vulnerability. Because if you're not vulnerable, then there's where's the risk? The man in the arena. That's <laughs> the exactly arena, it. I want to be arena. in the arena. I want to yeah. be playing. But also, um, you know, the... As I often say to students too, you know what we do for actors that allow themselves to be in their vulnerability? We give them millions of dollars and Academy awards. awards. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it, uh, Men versus women, is there equality in your industry? N- no, there isn't. Um, but I would say that Australia is starting to make some pretty significant strides in terms of rectifying that mm. you know there's a can you, there's can a you ton, elaborate well there's a lot of initiatives right now that screen australia and do you think that's uh, just New australia no i think it's happening in other parts of the world too i don't i again i think we've still got a, quite a ways to go before we reach a, like equality but at the moment in australia there are a lot like i i would say there's never been a better time to be a female filmmaker mm-hmm. in this country 
um, because there are a ton of opportunities to get funding that are exclusively for um, for women. Um, but again, it certainly doesn't it, do, it hasn't solved all the problems yet. But I know that there is a concerted effort going un- underway, which you know there are friends of mine that are, are very involved in um, in the kind of taking the leadership on on those issues. So um, it's it's definitely better than it was. I think yes and no, it's definitely better, but it still has a long way to go. Like you go on a set and 85% of crew especially and oftentimes cast a male. Mm-hmm. Like even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I don't know, have you seen that yet? Not yet. I'm dying to see it though. It looks great. Not to give any spoilers away, but like a lot of the critics have said, Margot Robbie is like a Barbie in the mm, film. She has right. nothing of substance to say. It's basically about Brad and Leo, which is fine. Make it a story about Brad and Leo. Why bother casting a really talented Hollywood actress to just stand there and look pretty. I don't understand. Mm. It's better to be improving than not. Yeah. I've got some last minute really quick questions. This is a quick fire round. So um, what did you want to be when you were a kid? From the moment I was born, I wanted to be an actress. Really? Really. So did I actually when Seriously. I was a kid. Um, you could totally do acting. Yeah, I was. I wanted. I one day I want to come do one of your acting classes. You Benny. should. Can I come? Yeah, totally. You should do commercials and stuff. I always, always, always. I don't even know. Like thinking back to younger, I just love. I used to boss. I'm the youngest of four, and I used to boss my siblings into getting dressed up with me, and we'd always put on plays. Okay, but you're just and- a big boss like this. Why did you want to Which is act? another reason why I'm a great producer. Yeah, yeah. which is um, <laughs> I, I was, was going to make that joke and I'm like, no, because I, I am. was always yeah. super bossy I, as well. I'm just so fascinated by people and the human condition and stories. I just love storytelling and I want to be a storyteller and that's, I think, one of the best ways to do it. And I just love it. I absolutely love it. Benny? A pilot, and then, ah. um, and then president of the United States at one point. Because I'm actually half American. He still like, would like to be president of the United not States. True. It no. is true. No, I think there was a while there where I actually would have thought about going into politics, mm, and then kind of got great in politics. I got disillusioned so with politics. Mm-hmm. I actually think that there's more. There's still. I think you have the capacity to really change the like to kind of push the needle more. Uh, in the media and mm. and to kind of change the way people think about things than Absolutely. a lot of politicians can. Interesting. Okay. Um, what do you argue most about in your relationship? I don't know. What do we? <laughs> don't say well, that you thing. just you just kind of like gave me a little look. <laughs> yeah, I know. So what were we arguing about just I was, before? I was, like, I was like, I was like, I know that look. What I don't is know. Um, don't know. Fine, if you're not going to say it, I'm not. <laughs> okay, that's cool. We'll skim over that one. Um, Who's who, taking the bin out? Who? No. Oh, no who inspires not. you? Me. Um, <laughs> my mum. My mum really inspires me. She's just the most, she's just divine. The most sparkliest, wonderful woman in the world, seriously. And also because, like, her belief in me helps me to believe in myself and she always has. So, yeah, she inspires me. Um, I think for me, gosh, um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of great um, actors and filmmakers that inspire me. Um, 
I'm also like I think one of my big heroes is a guy called Joseph Campbell, who was a, um, a mythologist. Yeah, yeah. I I just I love what he has to say about the power of story. Yeah, and um, he's been a big like I, I discovered him in my early twenties, and I think I revisit his work about once a year or once every two years, and it it kind of just gives me a sense of purpose about why I do what I do. Can I add to that? Sure. Um, Because it'll full circle one of the things I said at the beginning of the talk. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she's an English writer, director, producer, actress. actress, And I fucking adore her and look up to her and she totally inspires me. Fleabag. Fleabag. Everyone listening. So she she wasn't getting work. So she created a one-woman show, Fleabag, which she did (laughs) in West End. Like an hour show. Then the BBC picked it up and it was six episodes for season one and then got six episodes for season two. Season two is 10 out of 10, one of the best TV shows you'll ever watch. You have to obviously watch season one first. She's the showrunner of Killing Eve and wrote all the first season's episodes and she's the new head writer on the 007 movie. Oh. So there so you that's go. why I yeah. also hey. like that. Alex, um, what inspires you? Uh, yeah. Oh, I wasn't prepared for that question. No, no. Let's cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'll come back to it. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? Honey? <laughs> you go. Um, in five years' time, I think I would like to have this current feature that I'm working on made. So hopefully fielding offers, offers for more directing and, and um, writing opportunities. And, again, acting is a love that has never gone away. So – It'd be great if I can – some of my um, mentors were people like uh, a guy named – one of my teachers was a guy called Clark Gregg who made – he wasn't getting any acting work, so he wrote a film called What Lies Beneath. Oh, wow. And then um, Mm. he was one of my teachers. And then off the back of that, he started getting acting work and now he's in all the Avenger films Mm. um, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He plays Agent Coulson. Yeah. Yeah. And then another guy that I used to come into a bar that I worked at in New York, uh, his name's Tom McCarthy. He wrote and directed, he was an actor who wasn't getting work. So he wrote and directed a film called The Station Agent that launched the career of Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones. And then he went on to eventually um, write the Pixar film Up, Ah. which he got an Oscar nomination for. And he also won the Academy Award for. Spotlight. There's which, a photo of me holding his Oscar at the after party. That's wow. right. He oh, and Peter Dinklage's no Tom, Tom McCarthy's. McCarthy. But then Tom ended up his his acting career got relaunched. So he's he's an Academy Award winning writer and director. He won Best Picture at the Oscars for Spotlight. But he's oh, also yeah he's, he's also in TV shows like The Wire and he, mm. he's done a bunch of films with George Clooney as an actor and so um, you know I think those would be kind of like dream um roles like career do you say dream like you don't think it's gonna happen no i think it's all it's all possible i just gotta keep doing the work keep Mm -hmm. doing the buffalo dance (laughs) asha five years (laughs) married holding an oscar with a house in la paris and sydney surrounded by family and friends with my own production company where i'm ep and i'm Optioning rights to stories that have something to say 
and that I'm really passionate about. <gasps> Fuck yeah. High five to that. Watch this it. space. Yeah, Watch this space. I said to Mary. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry if I said that naturally appreciated the band. Like, no, I assumed it was like that was what we fight so about. Yeah. Seen, yeah, that's what they fight about. When are we getting married? I see that. I know that. Five yeah. and a half years. But you're that's you're young. Did that gap, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last question I want to finish is um, what what advice would you give to other creatives out there who are looking to make and break into maybe this industry or any industry really? For me, I would say create your own work and yeah. ma- and master the process and the results will come. Don't get fixated on the results. Um, I, so I often use the analogy of being um, with actors of, of baseball. You know, you're going to strike out more often than you hit a home run, but can you imagine a baseball player who got attached to every ball that they took a swing at and missed if they were like, no, that was the ball for me? You know, then you'd be missing all the other balls that are coming your way. So just keep mastering the process and focusing on the work. And if you do that, the results will come. I agree with everything Ben says, so I will say something slightly different. I also think that everyone, everyone who is creative should get into improv class. They should start Mm. with level one at Improv Theatre Sydney. It is one of the best things you'll do for yourself, not only creatively, but in terms of how you communicate with people in any kind of field that you're doing. Even people who aren't working in a creative field, do it. Even Trust people me. who are not actors should do it. Just go and do class. it. It's so much fun. I want to come. Can we you do should, a class? Yes, oh, totally, yeah. totally. And then the other thing. We should be at improv right now, actually, instead we're here with you guys. Oh, <laughs> thanks, say guys. That. And then, um, oh, wait, sorry. And then <laughs> the other thing, I just kind of think um, maybe mine is that Brene Brown and Oprah and everyone says, this is my just my piece of advice, is that A, you should follow what it is that you want to be doing, but B, it's if you have an active gratitude process, whatever it is that you're doing, it will lead you to joy. And if you feel entitled to anything, it cuts you off from joy. So always be grateful. Can I say one other thing too? Sure. Back yourself. Absolutely. Um, you know, my old mentor, David Mamet, has a saying, he used to say to actors, you know, say your lines and think well of yourself while learning to say them better. Another way of putting that is do your job and think well of yourself while learning to do your job better. That's, And I think that's, I find that, I found that super important. You know, that was a big transition for me um, many years ago. I kind of just made the choice to back myself. And when I did that, all kinds of amazing things began to happen from that point on, um, it sometimes meant that I had to kind of fake it a bit till I made it. And, you know, I think Dr. Phil says you have to, you know, you've got to, um, teach people how to treat you. And I had to kind of teach a couple of people that I worked with how I wanted and expected to be treated. Um, but that, that was a huge lesson for me and one that I still have to kind of relearn sometimes, but back yourself. And just also that like, I don't know what everyone believes in, but I totally believe that in a way we are the creators of our destiny and just make sure that you're working towards what it is that you want to be doing. That's oh, it. I love it. Do you love it? I love it. 
Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I know. Thank you so much. It's been so wonderful having to have so you on the nice. show. An and thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, I'm so, so grateful. Motivated, and I don't know. I hope you guys do as well. Um, totally. if people want to, I don't know. Do, do you want people to connect with you, or maybe not? And you they, can find me on my socials. Yeah, <laughs> socials, like if you want to find, or maybe you want to do a class with Ben. Oh my or god, something. do a class. Oh, yeah. Come and find me at actingmastery.com.au. Actingmastery.com. Not just because I love him and he's my babe, but he literally is one of the greatest teachers anyone could ever work with. You You are. I love it. Oh, Oh. so nice. And thank you guys for listening. Um, Let us know what you thought of this episode. We're into season two. Um, We're up to like episode, I don't know, like 16 or something. It's a lot. Yeah, and every single episode is so different. So have a look back through the other ones. If if, if, if you know some acting friends out there or just anyone who would really resonate with this, like share it with them, you know. I think this has been a really – we didn't say it, but if you don't think you're creative, listen to this fucking episode. Yeah, I think this is such a good episode to listen to. Or maybe you're just starting the podcast. Listen with this episode. Listen. Or if, you, if you're Stop. shit. You know, like just anyone listen to this episode. And if anyway. you're a student of mine, listen to this episode. <laughs> listen to the episode. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Listen. And, um, yeah, if you uh, didn't like this episode, you can contact Jai at <laughs> Double Star Co. And if you loved it, you can hit me up. I'm at Ms. Darlinghurst. Ms. Darlinghurst. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll be back next week. Bye. 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 Bye.